Oh. Yeah, okay. All right. Oh, well, I'm 0 for 2 on technology this morning. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So we're in the Leroy Brownlow uh, greatest questions in the New Testament. Uh, David did lesson one last week. We're going to try to do lesson two this, this morning, and it's on worry. And um, I don't know if we have books yet or not, Brent. We still don't, we don't have books yet. We're, we got some ordered, but it's a very old book, so I don't know when we'll get those in. So we'll, we'll trudge on without it so, for, the, uh, for a while there. All right. Um, greatest questions of the New Testament, lesson two. All right. Um, how many of you have problems worrying about things? Is there anybody who doesn't have problems worrying? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's the question. That's the second part. So everybody worries. Uh, some people worry more or less than others. Uh, so we're going to study about that this morning um, and what we can do to help that situation. Um, I'm from a long list of worriers. Um, my grandmother worried about everything, and my dad worried about everything. Bless his heart, he is about, he's 88, and He's beginning to worry less in his older age, but I'm just thinking that that's because he's getting older, and and I guess that's part of what the good Lord programs us is to not worry as much as we, when we get older. But uh, worry is a sin, and uh, it seems like over the last couple of years we've had not only our day-to-day worries that we've had to deal with, but we've also had this virus, this COVID-19 business going on, and it's just thrown a, a clinker in the middle of all our other worries and made us worry even more about something that uh, came out of nowhere, seemingly, and, and there's people that's been sick all over the world, hospitalized, and some have died from it. So, you know, it seems like that... Uh, that if there's always something to worry about, there's just something your day to day making money and you know making a living, just getting by, um, sickness. There's something all the time. But uh, what did Jesus have to say about uh, fear, worry, and anxiety? So we'll we'll study about that this morning. Um, at the end of the lesson, or really, I'll just go ahead and say it now, uh, how much of what we worry about actually comes to pass? Does anybody want to take a guess at what some of the experts say about that? I didn't know it. I, I googled it. There's, a, there's an NBC survey that says that according to main, most psychologists, 85% of the things that we worry about never come to pass. So that's, I thought that was a little bit, uh, a little bit surprising. I mean, there's a lot of things that we do worry about that 
do come to pass. I mean, we know we're going to get older. We know they're going to grow up. We know we're going to get a job. We know we're going to, you know, there's a lot of things that we know about. We know we're going to meet our God. A lot of people don't believe that, but um, it, uh, it, it do, all of that stuff does happen if you live long enough. Um, Jesus said, which of you take, by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? That's Matthew six thirty seven. Uh, we'll read what Jesus said about worry uh, in the, that that text a little bit later. Um, has anybody ever really thought about what Jesus meant by that? Um, has anybody just really sat down and studied this, or really taken? into consideration what Jesus meant by that. That should be 27. Is it 27? Okay. Well, I just took that out of the... Maybe it was... The book was wrong. I should have... That would have been a good thing for me to check the book, wouldn't it? All right. Uh, So is anybody... uh, So make that correction there. Uh, Has anybody thought about what that really means? Well, actually, what it means is Jesus was saying that, okay, in the King James Version, when, when this was actually translated in 1611, the word thought actually meant anxiety or worry. So he's not just saying think about. If you, you know, who, who can think about something and add a cubit to their stature? It actually meant that who can, by worrying about something or really contemplating on something, who can uh, add a, an inch to their height? And, you know, that just can't happen. Um, so Jesus is basically condemning worry and anxiety. And, and by asking the question itself, it was an antidote. Who, who wants to tell us what an antidote is? Anybody know what that means? Kind of a little bit self-explanatory, but... So an antidote is uh, a solution to a problem, or if you're talking about medicine, it's medicine to cure an illness or whatever. So Jesus was basically saying that if you... You can't, you can't worry about something and, and uh, grow taller and any more than you can do anything and, and make yourself, you know, uh, taller or whatever. It was, just a, it was just an analogy that he had there uh, to show that it was just useless, more or less. It's just useless. Um, so if you're short, you're not going to get taller by worrying about it uh, any more than you would, you know, becoming the king of the world or anything else. You know, you just, just it's just, uh, there's certain things that are just meant to be that way. And uh, so you don't need to worry about it. But some people worry about everything. And um, so let's, let's see what Jesus had to say. Turn in your Bibles to uh, Matthew 6, 
24, uh, 25 through 34. And let's maybe get somebody to read that. Anybody wants to read it? Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not, is not life more than food, the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you not? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers still grow? Do they not labor or spin? Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass. If that is how God closed the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right. Thank you, Matt. So we see that Jesus is basically saying, going back to verse 25, he's telling us not to even think about these things. If he takes care of the birds and he takes care of the animals and, and he takes care of all of these lower level things, then he's going to take care of us. Um, Psalms 37.25, David said, I was young and now am old, but have not seen the righteous forsaken nor the, his seed begging bread. So... That's an Old Testament verse there that says that, you know, God's going to take care of you. And especially if we as Christians, he's going to take care of us. Um, so what good is it to worry anyway? And, and it talks about clothing. It gives you, it kind of talks, Jesus, of course, he knew everything. He knew the things that we'd worry about. Food, clothing, shelter, all of those things, what we'd eat, what we'd drink. And he says, well, what, you know, Solomon in all of his glory, and Solomon was the richest uh, king ever in a lot of people's, um, a lot of people, you know, Israel, that was the golden age of Israel when he was the king. And um, it was peaceful time and, and they were over many, many nations and they were taking in their gold and their silver and um, so Israel was really, you know, flying high, so to speak. And he, no doubt, probably had lavish clothing uh, that he rode Israel on the throne with. And he's saying that the lilies of the field were, are even clothed more, in more splendor than what Solomon was. And, 
And they didn't have to do anything, just uh, God took care of them. Um, so God will take care of you. He'll take care of you, whatever your situation you're in. You know, it also says that it rains on the just and the unjust. Well, a lot of people look at that in a negative sense that, you know, bad things are going to happen to uh, good people and that sort of thing. But in the, the reverse is also true that God's going to take care of all of us, no matter what your situation. So we should, um, and, and you know, it's verse 30 says, Oh, ye of little faith. And we'll talk about it a little bit later on that the problem of worry gets back to the lack of faith. It's like they're inversely related there. Um, and Jesus in verse 32 compared the Jews to the Gentiles because the Gentiles were just mainly uh, worried about their next meal, a lot of them. You know, they never had been given the law. And uh, this, the law was kind of law unto themselves, the ones who really tried to live the law. But uh, they worried about their bellies. Uh, as it like talks about in Philippians 3:19. So in other words, uh, we you know we're, we're going to be like the Gentiles or be like they were in Jesus day if we just worry about our next meal and that sort of thing. So um, so God will take care of us, especially if we put him first. Uh, and it talks about how in verse 34, each day has enough, Problems, not to worry about tomorrow's problems as well. Uh, we'll talk about this. We're, but there's some some kind of funny uh, funny analogies made about people that worry about many many days in in the future that we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Um, uh, verse 33 is your answer there. If you put God first in the church, He got you. No, that's right. That's right. And, and and another reason is, of course, there, there's good people in the church that's going to take care of each other, don't you think? That that uh, they will take care of each other. And so that's what the Lord really intended is for us all to want, look out for one another. And if we're in, you know, in, the, in church and everything, that's going to be your answer to that. So... Uh, that's a good point, Mike. Um, no teaching is needed more. Uh, I'm just following Brother Brownlow's uh, bullet points here. Um, people who, who worry have many health issues. They have a, he said that they have a furrowed brow, which means they've got lines in their forehead and face. They've got a set jaw, an anxious stare, or nervous pace. And it causes sleepless nights, nervous breakdowns, stomach, stomach ulcers, IBS. You can go on and on. Um, but people who worry about things, they usually don't have good health either. Uh, that's not always the case, but it, it's a lot of times it is. Uh, so what do people worry about? Well, the young worry that they... The young wish they were older. The old, old people wish they were young. Educated people worry about knowing too much. I kind of had to 
do a double take when I read that one, but Ecclesiastes 1.18 kind of explains that. It talks about that, uh, you know, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 1.18 that, you know, book learning and that sort of thing is a very, it tires you out because it grows you weary is what it was basically saying. And it says that the ignorant don't think they know enough uh, rich people worry about losing their riches, whether the stock market's going to crash or whether somebody's going to come along and get their uh, steal what they have. Um, of course, in Luke twelve seventeen, it said the rich man says he was going to have to tear down his barns and build build larger storehouses. So he was worried about that. He he had to have somewhere to put his crops and. And that's not something he should have been worried about. He might should have been giving some of that away, what do you think? I mean, you know, helping people out. Um, poor people worry about having enough food for tomorrow. So um, some worry about things that they've done in the past. Others worry about what, what they're going to do in the future and how they're going to provide for the future. But worry is a useless thing, especially when we can't help the situation. Um, I thought about the serenity prayer, which the concepts are in the Bible, but it's not per se in the Bible. It, you know, God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Uh, that's a good that's a good saying even if it's not per se in the Bible because there's certain things that you just can't do anything about. Um, if you can eliminate worry, then, then have at it. You know, in other words, like um, if you're worried about life because you're lazy or, or, or something like that, then just work. You know, it says in... Second Thessalonians 3.10, if you don't work, then, then you don't eat. Um, you know, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. And I'm going to digress a little bit. Um, I still see people at Walmart on my way in there that have the signs that said, out of work and, you know, lost my job and all that. And I'm thinking... As many jobs as there are right now, for somebody to ha be out there in cold weather saying, you know, I need, a j I need help or whatever, I just, I don't know. It just makes me think, maybe, forgive me, Lord, if I'm thinking the wrong way on that. But uh, I just don't understand that, and it makes me wonder if there's more to that than beats, meets the eye, you know. That's a good point. 
Um, I was at a gas station not long ago, and a guy came up to me and said he needed some money to go to Birmingham, and I gave him some money, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a little bit, I mean, it wasn't $5, I'll just say that. And, and he said, he said, is, do you, is that all you're going to give me? And I was like, <laughs> and I just, I really didn't know what to say after that. I was just, uh, you know, I was kind of in a bad situation right there. Well, I did say I'd pray for him, you know, it's like, that's about all I had on me, you know, so. But anyway, it's hard to know exactly how to handle that situation. I, I, I think there, is, there are people who are kind of like panhandlers, and so, so to speak, like that. But, uh, <laughs> I should have said that. I think people really get mad at that, too. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine. It don't fit their agenda that well, does it? Yeah. Why don't they churches on their vacation and pay for their way back and forth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of use it for a hitchhiking tool. <laughs> okay. Um, so what can we do to help ourselves in some of these situations? Forget the past. That's one thing. Paul said... Uh, Paul, who, was persecu- who persecuted Christians, said he, he put the past behind him in Philippians 3.13, the one thing I do, forgetting the past and reaching forth unto those things before us. So if Paul had dwelt, had dwelt on his past, it would have, been, it would have driven him crazy because he held the garments for Stephen's uh, stoning, for one thing. And it says he was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man in First uh, Timothy 1.13. And he was given mercy and he acted in ignorance and was an unbelief. Uh, but he pushed forward into the future and he says, I press on toward the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus in Philippians 3.14. We should repent of our past mistakes, ask for forgiveness, and don't worry about the past. Um, It's sinful, you know, to bring up someone's past to them if they've repented of it. But, you know, it seems like a lot of times that happens and we don't need to do that. Um, If anybody has had, you know, problems with an addiction or problems with a sin, we don't need to bring that back up to them. That's just not not the way things should be done. Um, Brother Brownlow had a prayer that uh, was that that's that I thought was pretty good. It said we should pray at the end of each day. Father, thanks for the day. I did the best I could do with this day. Forgive me for the, my mistakes. I give thee thanks for my victories today, grateful for the day that the, it is over, and I give you back, I give it back to you. 
And I thought that was a pretty good prayer there, if we were to say that. And he says, forgive me for my mistakes and thank you for my victories. I give you the glory, you know. Um, so, you know, we've got to, to, to leave the past in the past and press on. We need to live one day at a time. Uh, Jesus said, in, uh, sufficient for today are the evils thereof. So what did he mean by that? Um, if you live in the if you live in the past and or in the present, it's going to detract from the present. Um, have you ever seen anybody who is always worried about the future or just can't can't uh, can't live in the present? You know, when you go on vacation or something, you need to kind of enjoy your vacation. For example. Um, Back when I was working, I'm, I guess I'm retired now, but back when I worked, uh, I brought a laptop with me every vacation, and I worked two or three hours a night, and I worked on a lot of holidays. And it seems like a lot of that was sort of required for the job, or at least I had kind of made that where it uh, was kind of a, a precedent that I had set. And I'm sorry to say that I really didn't follow this command like I really should have. So, I mean, really what we should, should do is just live in the present and try to, and do the best you can, you know, and not, you know, turn your, don't turn your free time into work time also. Um, he talked about, uh, Brother Brownlow said that some people are living life in an, unbearable situation they're living it in a lump and I guess I never had heard that term uh, used like that but it makes sense uh, it talks about a man who calculated how many times he'd have to tie and untie his shoes in his lifetime and he said I guess I think it said till 70 years old and he said the guy got so depressed that he committed, committed suicide and I, <laughs> I don't know if that's a true story, but you, you get the point. You know, it's, you can't just worry about everything you got to do from, from day to day. You know, I mean, you make, get up, make your bed up and, you know, everything you're going to do during the day. And it's like, if you sit around and think about all those things, how many times you got to do it, it'll just drive you crazy, you know? So, um, but this doesn't mean that, you, that, you're, that you're lazy. We don't need to be lazy either. Um, but idleness brings about anxiety and, 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 uh, and, and, of course, idleness is the devil's workshop. And in one translation, that actually is in the Bible. It's in Proverbs sixteen twenty seven that uh, laziness is, you know, idleness is laziness. So... Um, I didn't know that was really in there for a long time. So, um, acceptance of of self is another thing that we can do. Different people have different talents and abilities. Uh, the parable of the talents makes this clear in Matthew twenty five fourteen through thirty. I don't think we really have time to read that, but. Uh, the story goes that you've got a five-talent man, a two-talent man, and a one-talent man, and the master goes away. He comes back, and the five-talent man has become a ten-talent man. The two 
talent man has become a four talent man, but one of them was afraid of the master and went and hid his. So we've got to, that, that was wrong and he was cast out. Of course, this is really an analogy to a judgment day. And, you know, Jesus was basically saying that we've got to take the talents we have and, and uh, you know, make more of them. Uh, we've got to go out and evangelize. We've got to teach if we can teach. We've got to help people if we can help them. So um, acceptance of self and your own limitations. Um, one lady, this is a, one of Brother Brownlow's comments, one lady said that the happiest day of her life was when she stopped trying to be beautiful. So, you know, there's some people who spend a lot of, a lot of money on, uh, you know, beautification products and that sort of thing and anything they can do, which is nothing wrong with that in a lot of ways. But uh, if that's all your, worry, all your life goal is, then it's just uh, you're just going to worry yourself to death over um, a person can only be as beautiful as God made them in a lot of ways, you know. And beauty is not outward appearance uh, in a lot of ways anyway. So um, we must accept our shortcomings and use them for stepping stones. And Paul did this with his thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 6 and 7. He, he knew that he had this thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was. Could have been his eyesight. Could have been something else. But he used his um, he used his thorn in the flesh as to try not to get too much pride to to show him some humility, and that he could t- in in that way he was a better uh, evangelist, uh, more uh, acceptable, I guess, to everyone. Uh, it talked about in the book Fanny Crosby, who wrote many of our songs in our songbook, that she was blind and that she was thankful that she was able to do more for people because she was blind. Um, Proverbs twenty three seven says, "A man thinks in his heart, so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he." So. Um, a lot of times worry is an inside problem. If we're worried about ourself and our limitations and that sort of thing, then we're not going to be able to be our best self or our best uh, you know, ambassador for Christ. Um, Right. We have to remind ourselves, get rid of that negative stinking thinking, forgive self. Right. One thing to be forgiven. There's another thing to accept the fact that, hey, we're human, but we've got to forgive self and press on. Press on, right. Just like, um, just like Paul said, that's a good point, Mike. Um, make lemons out of lemonade, right? That's kind of... Uh, otherwise, you're going to have a civil war within yourself. And that's what happens to a lot of people. You know, I'm sure that the person, if they really did commit suicide over time, their shoe, they had a lot more going on with themselves than, what, than that. But they probably did have this civil war within themselves over 
worrying about things of the past and and just you know that sort of thing. So let's see if we can't hit this last point before fifteen after ten. Uh, acceptance of God for inward peace. Our worries and anxieties are an outward sign of an inward problem, a lack of faith, as we alluded to earlier. If we truly trust in God, our worries go away because Jesus commanded us not to worry and also said he would provide for our food, clothing, shelter, and all our other needs. Second uh, Timothy 1.7 says, God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, self-control, and self-control. If we truly believe this, we won't worry about what we eat, drink, or wear. Or we really won't worry about our health, including a lot of these viruses or diseases or any of that. You know, if we really have the right faith. Uh, if we're faithful to God and are washed in the blood, then we know that we're okay. No matter what comes along, you know, uh, health-wise, um, you know, uh, reverses in life of any kind, we're okay. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. 1 John three twenty three, Believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and, and all will go well. Um, some of the other verses that we, sh- we can use to Help us out. First Peter five seven. Cast your anxiety on he, on him because he cares for you. Philippians four nineteen. God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And then, of course, we know Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good for those who love Lord according to his who are called according to his purpose. Um. Brother Brownlow uh, mentioned the inscription on the back of our coins, In God We Trust. And he said, do we really believe that? Or are they just words to us? So if we really trust in God, then we know that we have nothing to worry about, that He's going to take care of us, and God is big enough to fulfill the promises He has made. Uh, Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. And Philippians four seven. The peace of God passes all understanding. So, uh, peace uh, comes from from uh, not worrying. So, uh, I think that you know. I think that's why it is a sin because we can't really live the kind of life that Christ wants us to live if we're worried all the time. So. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you can't just take the as like I said, living life in a lump, so to speak. Uh, you're, if you're doing that, you're kind of letting, thinking that you've got the control over everything. But, but God has got, God's one in control. He's in control of everything. Okay. So.
Good point, Judy. Well, I appreciate the comments and attention, and uh, we'll go to another lesson next week.